Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Praise God. It's good to be here again. Uh, As uh, many of you probably know, three or four weeks ago I had uh, a meeting with the Lord and occasions like that are very special and of course it has wide implications not only for me but for the whole of Kingdom Faith and so it was thought good if I went round the different congregations uh, to speak about this and what impact this is going to make on our life in the future. Um, It's taken a few weeks to get here because I've been preaching in all kinds of different places the last few weeks. So perhaps many of you will have heard about what has happened by now or listened to some of the um, downloads on, on the internet. But when God meets with someone like this, Uh, there's an ongoing revelation that takes place. So there'll be some things I'll be able to share with you this morning that you won't have heard before. In fact, nobody's heard before because I haven't spoken about them before. But uh, this is an ongoing thing that God is wanting to do amongst us. It all began because God has been talking to us about harvest, We believe that harvest is coming. Amen? Amen. And we're right on the verge of seeing a real move of the Spirit that is going to bring many people uh, into God's kingdom. But there's never harvest without power. Jesus in his ministry had harvest, but the power of God was evident. He made clear to his disciples that they were not to, uh, after his resurrection, that they were not to go out and, and start to proclaim the gospel till first of all they received the power. And as we read the Acts of the Apostles, we see the power of God uh, was operating in the life of those early believers. They saw 3,000 come to the Lord the first day, the Spirit came upon them, and then there were 5,000. But wonderful miracles were happening, uh, like the uh, healing of, of the beggar at the temple gate and so on the power of God was evident. So I've known that, okay, if there's going to be a harvest, God is also going to increase our power ready, or his power in our lives, ready uh, for that harvest. And so there's no increase of power without an increase of faith. So I've, I've been praying, the Lord, okay, I realize I need a revival of faith, Not that I've lost faith, but, you know, God always wants to take us to another level. So I was praying that God would take me to another level of faith and that we would see more of the power of God, not just in my life ministry, but in kingdom faith. And that is happening. Just in these last few days, uh, one of the members of the congregation in Horsham, who had a cancerous growth on her side, had been given only a very short time to live. And she, her husband, people of great faith, um, they said, no, uh, we don't believe that. We believe that God is going to cause this cancerous growth just to fall off of her body. And a few days ago, the cancerous growth fell off of her body. There was no wound underneath. 
and all her skin is being completely restored as a result of what God is doing. So we praise God for that. All the glory goes to Him. Amen. But this is, this is the measure of the kind of things that we need to see and we believe we will be seeing increasingly uh, in the days ahead. We don't accept somebody being given a, a death sentence like that. We rise up in faith uh, and, and we see the glory of God because God is glorified in doing such things as that. So <clears throat> I was uh, praying one morning, one Friday morning, three or four weeks ago, and when, when God speaks to me about a particular subject, what I usually do is take this book, which I hope all of you are aware of, the 150 themes from the Truth Translation, uh, because it's a great resource in your prayer life. So I was going through all the scriptures uh, about faith, and I take a few every morning and see what God is saying to me through those things, because faith comes from hearing the word of God. So that listening to what God is saying in his word builds up that deposit of faith within you. And on this particular morning, I was uh, praying through uh, a few verses from Job chapter 11. I'll read them to you. If you open your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him in prayer, if you turn away from the sins you've been committing and allow nothing ungodly in your house, then surely you can look to the Lord without shame. You can be confident and not fear the outcome. Then you will forget your troubles. They will be as water that has already passed under the bridge. Then your life will be filled with light brighter than the noonday sun, and your darkness will give way to a new dawn. You will feel secure, and now you have hope. No matter what goes on around you, you can rest in safety. When you lie down, you will not be in fear of anyone. Instead, many will look to you for favor. Now, that's those verses in the truth version. And when I was translating it, writing it, um, I was particularly struck by this phrase about the water passing under the bridge. Actually, what the original says, it's the water that passes by. But as I was translating, it was as if God was giving me this this uh, word. It's like water passing under the bridge. So I translated it quite loosely in that way. And when I was praying on that Friday morning and it came to this phrase, it jumped out at me. You know how the Holy Spirit causes a, a phrase in Scripture to jump out? And this phrase jumped out at me, water passing under the bridge. I don't know why, but it just seemed to be of great significance. Now, I'm sure that when you were young, you probably, uh, or even with your children now, uh, you've, you've stood on a bridge and thrown a stick into the water, and then you've gone to the other side of the bridge to see your stick come out uh, with the current, and perhaps 
You know there would have been some rivalry with your friend or siblings or whatever, and you both threw sticks in, or you all threw sticks in, then you raced to the other side to see whose stick came out first, and there was a, probably an argument as to which one did come out first. But we all, we all know that once water has passed under the bridge, that water can never pass under the bridge again. It's gone forever. It's now passed downstream. So, <clears throat> uh, all this happened uh, when I was praying in the very early morning. I, I know about, probably about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, something like that, because that's when I'm usually praying. But uh, when I went to the 8 o'clock prayer time, worship time at um, Rafi, everybody was really going for God with strong prayer. And as in the midst of all this, suddenly God gave me this vision. And I was standing on a bridge. It was the bridge over, you would say, either a large stream or a fairly narrow river. And as I looked upstream, I could see that all the water in this stream was polluted. It was dirty. And floating on the surface of the water, there was a lot of debris and rubbish. And as, um, as I, I looked, God said to me, go to the other side of the bridge. So I went to the other side of the bridge and I saw, of course, all that polluted water and all that debris had passed downstream, never to be seen again. Gone. Then the Lord said to me, now go and stand on the first side of the bridge again and look upstream. So I did that. And now the water was absolutely pure. All the pollution had gone. All the rubbish and the debris disappeared. It was just clean, clear, pure water. And as I looked, I saw Jesus. He wasn't walking on the water. He was walking just above the water. On this pure water. And he was coming towards me. When he got just short of the bridge, it's, it's a bit difficult to explain this, but it was as if he rose up from above the water and just came and completely enveloped me so that I was literally in Christ. And I realized that what God was doing was like a purification, the, the purity 
of that water washing through my life. And as I stood there, I was conscious not only of the Lord's presence, but I wasn't alone. Others were there around me, the leadership of Kingdom Faith and the members of Kingdom Faith, not just of Horsham, but of all our congregations. So I realized this was not something just personal for me, but this was something that was indicative, was important for the whole of Kingdom Faith that God wanted all the polluted, dirty water and all the rubbish to pass away. The rubbish, according to that scripture we just read, is all the troubles. So God wants the sin and the pollution to pass out of our life. He wants all the troubles and the cares and the things that have concerned us to pass away, and having the power of God will certainly enable that. And then as, I, as the vision continued... I saw more and more people coming and standing on the bridge, people that were not part of Kingdom Faith, but those that were coming out of darkness into the light of Christ, those who were getting saved, those who were coming to Jesus. And then as the vision continued, the, the, the current got stronger and stronger in this river. And the river got wider and wider. And as the river got wider, so of course the bridge had to get wider to span the river. And that meant that more and more people could come and stand on the bridge. And then the the wide river became a flood and the bridge became so enormous actually you couldn't see the ends of it because of the flood water being so broad and of course many many people were now coming and standing all along this bridge as far as you could see the bridge but the bridge was just peopled with water and I realized that God was speaking of the harvest and, and how he was going to bring people and what they would understand was that all the water, the polluted water in their lives is going to pass under this bridge never to be seen again. All the troubles and the rubbish pass under that bridge never to be seen again. And as I continued to look at this river, I saw not only Jesus. I'd seen Jesus walking on this river towards me. But then I saw a, a, a company of angels. They were like Jesus. Jesus hadn't walked on the water. He'd walked above the water. But these angels in the same way we're walking above the water. And the Lord said to me, the harvest is going to be so great, you won't be able to cope alone. 
So I'm sending angels to help you gather the harvest. So, you know, all this was, was very encouraging and, and I've been different since. Any encounter with the Lord like this changes you. But you know, God only gives encounters like this for a purpose. Not just so that we can have an experience of Jesus. It's never worth trying to have experiences of Jesus. He gives experience as we need it. Uh, but when, when there is an encounter with the Lord like this, there's always going to be a so that. So that God can outwork his purpose in whatever way is, is necessary. And God has continued to, to talk to me about this river. It is, of course, the river of life that flows from the throne of God. That's why Jesus was coming on that river. And we read in um, Ezekiel chapter 47, where the prophet is given the vision of the water coming from the temple of God and flowing away from the temple right down to the Dead Sea. And when it arrives in the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea is dead no longer, that it produces life. And, and in that sea and in the river, there is an abundance of fish, there is abundance of, of, of life, where before there was none. And alongside the river there are the fishermen with their nets, not with rod and line, just bringing in one or two uh, fish, but nets to catch a whole lot of fish. And God is going to make us all fishers of men, because that's what happens in the harvest. It's not just one or two people with an evangelistic anointing, but everybody becomes a witness and everybody sees their lives impacting other lives around them and people wanting to actually come to Jesus. We will find that more and more people will, will sort of turn up just looking for Jesus without you know, anybody actually having contacted them. All these kind of things happen in times of harvest because of course I've had the privilege of living through revivals and times of harvest in the past so I know what something of what it's like, although every situation is different. So, uh, this was all very, very encouraging because it, it's this water, that the, the more the water left the, the temple in Ezekiel 47, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And it, it's, that was sort of tantamount to the vision that God gave me of how the, the stream, the river expands and becomes bigger and bigger and becomes a mighty flood. That what begins uh, really with the anointing of God will grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger and more and more extensive. And more and more people will be impacted. Are you happy? Now, one of the things that, that happens when you have encounter with the Lord like this is that <clears throat> a whole lot of things become clear to you, scriptural things. 
Um, and one of those truths that I actually speak over my life, as a number of biblical truths I speak over my life every day, and one of them is a, a, a promise that Jesus gives at the end of his high priestly prayer in John 17 when he's praying for all those who will become believers in the future. And what Jesus says to the Father is this, I will continue to make uh, myself known to them that the Father's love for the Son might be in them. The Father's love for the Son. Now I pray that because it seems a great promise to actually love Jesus with the Father's love. I would have to confess I didn't have a clue as to what it would mean. I'd never heard anybody speak about that or describe that. And as this vision took hold of my, of my life, God showed me what this meant. Not because he explained it to me, but because I found myself praying in a way I'd never prayed before. I found myself saying, Jesus, I'm just so happy for you. I feel so happy for you. I'm so happy that today, all over the world, there are so many people coming into your kingdom. Father, I'm so happy for you. Jesus, I'm so happy for you because you are rejoicing over every sinner who repents and you're causing all heaven to rejoice with you. I'm so happy for you, Jesus, because more backsliders are coming back to you today. I'm so happy for you because you see your name being glorified and all the wonderful miracles that are happening and people that are getting healed all over the world. I'm just so happy for you. And I felt genuinely happy for Jesus. And I never felt like that before, never heard anybody speak like that before. And I thought, this is strange. Why should I be praying like this? And then God spoke to me and he said, when a father loves his child and the child gets blessed, the father is always happy for him. So you are now loving Jesus with the father's love. You're happy for Jesus, just like the Father is happy for Jesus in every way in which he is blessed, every way in which his will is being outworked. And, I'm, you know, this is still living with me. I, this morning I've been happy for Jesus because of all that is going to happen all over the world today as, as another multitude of people come into the kingdom because every day thousands of people all over the world are, are getting saved, born again. I, I'm so happy for him. Okay. And, and of course, I, I, want, I want to make Jesus happy. I want him to be happy with what goes on in my life. I want him to be happy about what goes on in kingdom faith. Well, that's um, what we all probably want, you know, that we want to please the Lord. But... So it, it's pleasing the Lord, but it's more than that. It's being happy because the Father is happy for Jesus 
in all that is, is, is happening. So, uh, you know, God has been sort of adding more and more dimensions. And the other day, just this last, in these last few days, because often when I'm praying, I see myself standing on this bridge and God speaking to me more and more about what he's going to do and so on. But as I, on this particular morning, it seemed that uh, uh, the, 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 the river is always sort of crystal clear. You know, it's sparkling, uh, like the sunshine, but S-O-N, not S-U-N. The sunshine of Jesus is on this river. But on this particular morning, it was a river of fire. It was like a river glowing red, you know, like if you have the sunset reflected in the water, how it's red. It, it was like that. It was a river of fire, a river that comes to purify and to cleanse. And, and I realized that this river of God is so many different things at different times. It is a river of fire. It is a river of purity. It is a river of love. It is a river of power. It is a river of God's glory. It's, it's a river of joy. It's a river of peace. It's a river that brings everything into our lives that, that God wants to be there. And, you know... God, when, when he does things like this, it's not because sometime in the future God is going to do something, but it means he's going to do something now. It's imminent. This is preparing the way for what he's about to do. So I'm excited, even if you're not, but I'm excited. <coughs> Praise God. And another scripture that has really come to life for me in a new way. Because I don't think I've ever fully understood this. I preached on and taught in the Bible college on the first letter of John for many, many, many years. And, you know, sometimes when, when you're a teacher of the Word like I am, you, you understand something uh, about certain scriptures, but you sometimes feel there's something else here that I haven't quite got hold of. And, and you know that at some point, God will make it clear to you. And so the, I'm going to read a few verses from 1 John chapter 5. I'm reading this in the uh, NIV. And it says this. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. And the missing part in that has always been, what exactly is the agreement that the water has with the Spirit and the blood? And this vision brought this to life for me because I realized, okay, the Spirit sanctifies us, the Scripture says, makes us holy 
and totally acceptable in God's sight. This water, this pure water, remember the polluted water had been replaced by the pure water. This pure water washes through our lives to totally cleanse us, purify us, and make us holy. The blood forgives all our sins, deals with every negative in our lives, sets us free in order to be able to live for the glory of God. So all three agree in what is called the sanctifying process of God in our lives, making us more and more like him, making us more like the people that he wants us to be, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And God wants all three of those to be flowing through your life every day. The spirit breathing in the spirit of God, letting that pure living water wash through your life, praying that. You see, I'm going to invite you when, we, when I finish speaking in a few moments to come and stand on that bridge with me and to realize that what God wants is for that living water that turns death into life, the dead sea into a living sea, I want you to believe with me that that purifying water will wash through your life this morning. That issues that you have been fighting with, you know, things, temptations, sins, things of the flesh, whatever, areas of disobedience that perhaps you've been fighting and struggling with, for many years, all those kind of things can be resolved as this pure living water washes through your life, cleanses you, makes you whole, makes you clean. And that enables the sanctifying power of the Spirit, the power, more of the power of God to be seen in your life. And God, what we're talking about this morning, God wants for every member of Kingdom Faith. That, that we're, we're all going to, to, to see the power of God in our lives. I, as you know, I've lived in times of revival. And when that happens, in my first church where I saw revival in the 1970s, every member of the congregation was seeing the power of God in their lives. So many were seeing major miracles when they prayed for people. And, I mean, they were, they were factory workers in the car factories in Luton. They weren't very sophisticated, spiritual people with a lot of biblical knowledge or anything like that. They were just believers who met with God and saw the life of God and the power of God. And many, many people coming to the Lord. We, we saw about 50 people coming to the Lord in the church every month. And then, of course, in our, our Sunday evening service where people would come from all over the country because they heard of what God was doing there. Many more would get saved then as well. So harvest was happening and the power of God was evident. And this is what God is preparing the way for here. We're going to see this.
And harvest isn't just numbers. Let me, let me tell you that. There, there are some fairly big churches around, but just a big church doesn't mean that they're actually, uh, they're actually enjoying harvest. Harvest is when people come to the Lord with a deep repentance and such a strong faith that they become disciples. Harvest isn't something superficial. When you're harvested, you belong to Jesus for the rest of your life. Amen. It's the depth of what God does in people's lives. So, you know, that river is going to increase. It's going to start perhaps in, in a fairly small way and it's going to build and build and the miracles like that amazing miracle that I told you right at the beginning that has just happened in, in, in Horsham, that's going to be replicated many, many times. We're going to see such wonderful miracles as that. Um, just totally, totally, you know, off the wall, really. Um, all, all you can say is, that's God. I'm, you know, I, I can remember, you, you all probably have heard of Smith Wigglesworth, a man of great faith. And, and I knew someone who used to travel um, or, or with, with um, I met him, the, this man who used to travel with Smith Wigglesworth. And he told me of an occasion where um, they were staying in a hotel, but they had to pass through the dining room to get to their rooms. And um, as they were passing through the dining room, um, Smith Wigglesworth noticed that there was a man sitting at a table that had a cancerous growth on, his, on the side of his, uh, of his face. And Smith Wigglesworth went up to him and just took hold of this growth and just pulled it from his, his face. And he, of course he was completely healed underneath and he just walked on and into his room. There was no song and dance about it. And I thought, a growth like that? Cancerous growth? And now we've seen similar thing happen in Horsham. So praise God, something perhaps even more wonderful because the person concerned had really been given a death sentence. And now, of course, she's going to continue living with Jesus. Hallelujah. So praise God, we are blessed. And this is the thing, we are so privileged to be part of kingdom faith at such a time as this. Where we are going to see such amazing, not, not just amazing things happen, but we're going to see so many people come out of darkness into light. Come out of confusion into having a real meaning and purpose of our lives, for their lives. And our lives are going to be transformed. Because you see, this is the point. The more our lives get transformed, the more we will actually have impact upon the lives of others around us without even trying. This is the point, you see, that when we meet with God in ways like this, that, that uh, something, something of Him just gets impacted to others. They know you've got something that they haven't got and that they need. And they get more and more interested. What is it that's different about you? What have you got? How do I get it? And that's going to become more and more obvious. 
Somebody say hallelujah. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking at a load of empty chairs this morning. And, and in a few weeks' time, I trust there won't be an empty chair in this place. Because we will have seen the beginning of the harvest. Amen. The power is there. The vision is there. I think the hunger is there. The prayer is there. The faith, I believe, is, is getting there to really believe that we will see harvest, that it isn't some vague hope for the future, but this is what God is wanting now. I think God is putting all the ducks in a row, yeah? And now everything is ready for him to push the starter button, and we see the fulfillment of what he's been speaking to us about for some time now. Hallelujah. But God is the God of perfect timing. And sometimes we think God is slow in answering a prayer or, or slow in, in uh, uh, fulfilling promises that he's given. But let me tell you this about God. He is never slow and he's never too quick. He is the God of perfect timing. But he makes sure that everything is in place before he moves in a sovereign way like this. And the reason for that is you, you just need to ask yourself this question. Okay, supposing harvest happened this week and we suddenly saw a whole load of people coming into the kingdom so that, let us say, within the next two or three months we saw the size of this congregation double or even treble. Would we be able to cope with that? Would we be in a position to be able to disciple all these new believers who come into the kingdom knowing nothing? Would our lives be ready and available to serve them, to help them, to encourage them? Would we be prepared to be in meetings, in small groups with them, to help them, nurture them in the Lord? You see, all this is part of harvest. And you might think to yourself, well, I, 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 I wouldn't be adequate to do that. Well, you might not now, but you would be then. You, you, you remember, when Jesus returned to heaven, he gave the disciples this promise that when he returned to the Father, he would pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be poured out. So they watch him ascend to heaven, and they all meet together to pray, and what do they expect? The Holy Spirit to come, just like Jesus promised. What happens? Nothing. So they meet the next day. What happens? They pray. What happens? Nothing. The third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, nothing. They're meeting together, they're praying, they're seeking God. On the tenth day, the scripture said they were of one heart and mind. So God says, now's the time. Now's the time. Why? It took 10 days of prayer to get them from being the disciples that you could see in the gospel. There were lots of issues of jealousy and all kinds of things going on amongst them. It took those 10 days 
to get them to the point of being of one heart and one mind. Why was that important? There were 120 of them, weren't there, when the Spirit came upon them. Why was it important? Because 3,000 came to the Lord that day. How do you disciple 3,000? You can't do that with 11 disciples or 12. But 120 people could disciple the 3,000. Wisdom of God. See, wait until they're all of one heart, one mind, because when the harvest comes, there'll be no time for disputes, disagreements, people feeling offended, people feeling hurt. What about this issue? What about that issue? Everything will focus around the harvest. Everything will focus on, on really nurturing and feeding and, uh, and building up these new disciples. And they will be disciples because of the depth of repentance and faith with which they will turn to the Lord. So we're in for an exciting time, aren't we, these, these coming few months. And you are among the most privileged and best blessed people on earth because you're going to be part of it. Harvest is going to break out in many other places too. Don't think it's just going to happen through kingdom faith. But God is the God of perfect timing. He's faithful and he always fulfills his promises. So let's all stand. Hallelujah. Now just close your eyes. This is where you can use your Holy Spirit imagination, not just your natural imagination, but your Holy Spirit imagination. I want you to see this bridge and this river. See yourself standing on that bridge. And as you look upstream from where the river is flowing, the water is polluted. There's kind of debris floating on the top but the river is murky. The rubbish is apparent. And the scripture says those represent the troubles the people have. And you see all this water passing under this bridge on which you're standing. Then as you go to the other side of the bridge, you see that water that has passed under the bridge is going away into the distance, never to be seen again. And then you go back, as the Lord led me, to the first side of the bridge again, to look upstream. And you see that now the water is crystal clear and pure. So as you stand on that bridge, just talk to the Lord in your own words. Say, Lord, I believe that all the pollution in my life is going to be washed out 
by your living water. The purity of the life that flows from your throne is going to flow through my life. Now it may be that God takes you through a process in answer to that prayer that you know the areas of pollution that need cleansing will, will come to the surface and God will deal with those and this whole purifying process will take place maybe quickly, maybe over a period of time but it will happen and the rubbish, those troubles those things that concern that those issues that you've been fighting with and never been able to resolve they are going to be resolved just see that with the eyes of faith see yourself standing on that bridge and others coming to stand with you friends, relatives people you work with people that you never ever thought would come to Christ people that you might have given up on, people that have ridiculed you, laughed at you being a Christian. Some of them will come and stand on that bridge with you because they are part of the harvest that is going to be reaped. It won't be you that will transform or change them. It will simply be the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah, because it's harvest time. The farmer has to wait for harvest time. He can't gather the harvest until the, until the grain is ripe. And God is saying, well, this is the harvest time. The grain is now ripe, ready to be reaped. So just thank the Lord that your life, you, you won't know how, but it doesn't matter, but your life is going to impact the life of many other people. The others are going to come to know Jesus. Others are going to be set free Others are going to come into the kingdom of God simply because of your witness. You won't, sometimes you won't even have to do anything. It, it's just the sheer presence of what God is doing in your life that will somehow spark a response, a reaction in other people. So just praise God for that. Thank him. Dare to believe that you're going to be a harvester. Listen. At harvest time, everybody, you know, there's no spectators at harvest time. Everybody is needed. Everybody is needed to gather in the harvest. So we praise you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. Come on, let's praise the Lord. And Lord, we thank you that the bridge will need to expand because the river is expanding and because we see more and more and more people being saved. And eventually, Lord, the river will become a flood and we will see all those multitudes of people that have been impacted by the gospel coming out of darkness into the light of your kingdom. So we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Now, I suggest that every day this week, 
when you have your prayer time, just spend a few moments seeing yourself standing on that bridge, seeing that water washing through your life so that, you know, as you look downstream, all the stuff that you can well live without has all passed away, never to be seen again. And that pure water is just making you totally acceptable in God's sight. Those issues, those troubles that seem to have persisted for so long are being dealt with by the Spirit, the water, and the blood all agreeing together. The fire of God, not only cleansing, but firing up your heart with a passionate love for Jesus and a passionate desire to see more people saved and belong to the kingdom of heaven. So we bless you, Lord. We praise your wonderful name. We thank you for all that lies ahead of us in these coming weeks and months. And we thank you for the mighty privilege of being part of what you are doing on the earth to fulfill your plan and your purpose for the glory, honor, and praise of your name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.